Praise the Lord, everyone. Sure is wonderful to be back in the house of the Lord today. Praise the Lord. I know this week's been a, a really hot one. I, uh, I was telling, I forget who it was I was talking to now. It might have been Sister Shelley. We had three days this week um, that uh, was record breakers on temperatures. It was so it got so hot, and that's uh, kind of strange for September. But uh, fall fall will be coming, and hopefully we'll get the nice cool weather for a good long while before it drops off and begun, begins to be freezing. <laughs> Love the fall weather. It ain't nothing like uh, being uh, in the fall time. Praise the Lord, but uh, I want to direct our minds to the, to the uh, Word this morning and uh, the Bible. I'm going to uh, take us to the book of John in chapter 12. We're going to begin reading in verse 26. John 12 and verse 46 this morning for our opening text. Praise the Lord. It begins reading like this, I have come as a light into the world. These are the words of Jesus here. We all know that Jesus has come into the light, into the world. That whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as a father has told me, so I speak. And I'll go right back up to verse 48 and read that one again. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Focusing on when he said, he who rejects me. Let's pray. Lord, I come to you right now. Lord, it's a time for your word. And I just pray, Lord, for uh, your blessing upon this word. Let it go forth as you see fit. Use me as, as you desire, Lord Jesus, for I'm your humble servant. I give you praise and glory for all things. I trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, Amen. You may be seated. I want to welcome everyone that may be watching by the live stream this morning. I welcome you to Christ Family Church. And with that scripture text that I just read in mind there about rejecting Jesus, the one thing that kind of comes to mind when you think about rejecting uh, Jesus is uh, excuses. Excuses uh, comes from that rejection. There's always a reason for a rejection. You've got some reason for doing it, some reason for rejecting some, something or someone, in this case being the Lord. And excuses is nothing more than empty reasonings. It's just empty reasonings is all excuses is. They may, they may appear in our own minds that we've conjured up as to be something good and we may believe in it 100%, but it's 100% empty reasons as all excuses are. And, uh, it's amazing the excuses that people come up with for rejecting Jesus. Some people are far too busy. Some are too worldly to want to come to Jesus. Some are too proud. Pride is a big thing. Pride will cause a lot of people to reject Jesus. They think will simply don't they that they don't need him, that, that they're strong enough on their own. There's nothing they need. 
But there's a proverb that says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So beware when you're considering pride that you may have when you think and say and give that excuse that you don't need Jesus. When you think and say that there's a reason not to follow after Him, that you get, you've got it all figured out on your own, there, be careful because a haughty spirit comes before a fall. And when we think of excuses, I, I found, that, though, found this here. When Queen Elizabeth II was to be crowned after her father, King George VI, passed away in 1952, she sent an invitation to those chosen to be present for that occasion. The invitation was sent to peers of the realm, the members of her government, to representatives of the common people. Now, every invitation had the very same closing statement, all excuses ceasing. No, no exceptions. All excuses are hereby void, null and void. You can't use them. That's what, that's what her invitation was. All excuses ceasing. For when royalty calls and issues an invitation, it is no ordinary matter. It is a command. Now, I wonder if how sometimes thinking we don't have royalty, a royal family in this country, but we do, however, have a lot of folks that that follow after the royal family over in England, the old country, as a lot of folks say, and, and they follow them, and the royal weddings and the royal families and the babies, and uh, they just follow them, and it, it, it amounts to uh, something very great to them. But over here, I wonder, I'm just thinking of this, is if the President of the United States were to send you an invitation, or if uh, there's a famous musician that you always loved, or a movie star, people go uh, goo goo and gaga over movie stars. You know, there's just there's somebody that you followed over time that if they sent you an invitation, uh, there's no doubt in your mind you'd clear your calendar for that day and go. You would not give an excuse for not to go. Uh, so, uh, and a lot of people with with a royal family concern, they would do that very thing. It could be even a high-ranking uh, politician. There's a lot of people that follow after politicians, and they just they would love to meet them, and they, if given the opportunity, they would not delay. But just like the Queen's invitation was a command, likewise, the Lord's Gospel invitation is a command, and making an excuse is nothing short of rejecting Jesus. That's all it amounts to. When His invitation is gone out, and when it come, comes back uh, that you have rejected Him, it's nothing short of that rejection. And it's not a good thing to do. I go back to John 12 and 48. When, he said, when the words of Jesus himself says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. That's why it is so dangerous to use these excuses about not following after Jesus today. That's why it is so dangerous and you're treading on dangerous ground when you give excuses after not following after him or following after his will. Too many times we want to stay in our will. Too many times we want to do what we want to do and reject what Jesus wants us to do because a lot of times it's uncomfortable and we have to get out of our comfort zone. We have to get out of what feels good to us and that causes us to tread on dangerous ground because an excuse is just nothing than just emptiness that you try to give to Jesus and he'll, that you, you think you're rejecting him, he will in turn reject you. Jesus talked about three different excuses himself one time in a parable. 
a parable about a great supper. And you'll recall this as we get into it. I want to take you to Luke in chapter 14, beginning in verse 16. The parable that Jesus spoke of about the great supper. It reads, beginning reads in verse 16, says, Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. There we see the word excuses again that we're talking about today. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. This is the first excuse that we see. It's the businessman's excuse. He uses his wealth as an excuse to not to go to the dinner, the supper. Many people think they have it all and they're not in need or want of anything. No doubt the wealthy man figured that he could have had just a good a supper at his own place when he got back from checking out his new property that he just had bought. An invitation had gone out to the wealthy. But will it be a rejection? I'm reminded of the verse in Mark where Jesus says, For what will it profit a man if he, if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? So many people fail to realize their most valuable asset is their soul. It's not their properties that they have. It's not a portfolio. It's not, do, it's not a high-dollar car. Man, there's beautiful cars. And uh, I watch a lot of um, shows on the History Channel. And they'll have, they, these guys will have these massive car collections. I mean, it, it's, a, it's bigger than a lot of dealerships, <laughs> their car collection. And they're beautiful cars, and there's nothing wrong with having any of that stuff. But none of that matters. That'll all, just like what happened to uh, the Corvette Museum up in Bowling Green, a lot of high-dollar cars, they're going to go to rush and mubble and rubble. Excuse me. They're going to be crumbled to nothing, you know. So it doesn't matter what you have, large banks account. What matters is your soul. Is your soul right with the Lord? Are you giving excuses to the Lord about your most valuable asset, which is your soul? And that goes to each and every man, woman, boy, and child in God's creation. That is what is important. Praise the name of the Lord. We go on to verse 19. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. And our second excuse is a working man's excuse. I must work. I've got to work. I've got to test these oxen. I've got to try them out. This, this one about work gets us a, a lot of us in trouble. We start out with the intent of not overworking ourselves. But we all have bills to pay. And the truth be told, the debt we, that we find ourselves in is of our own bad decisions. We just find that we uh, love something too much and have got to have it. We know we can't afford it. We know we don't need it, but we love it too much and we get it. And then we find ourselves working, overworking ourselves like this uh, man did. And excuse number two, to keep us out of church, to keep us working, to pay that thing off that we, that we just have to have. It's, and it's, some of it is just trying our best to make ends meet. It may not be trying to just have all the all the uh, wonderful things in life that we want. It, some of it just be making just day to day bills. There's always going to be break car breakdowns. There's going to be school tuition. There, the roof is going to need to be replaced. The doggone air unit's going to blow out on you in on a twenty degree day. The uh, the microwave that you've already fixed. 60 different times, it's finally going to bite the bullet and stay dead. And uh, 
since uh, Jennifer's not here to defend herself, I'll use her as an example. Not too long ago, uh, her kitchen sink fell out from under her. You know, and it, it right out from underneath her countertop there. Stuff is going to happen. It's going to just fall apart no matter what. And we have to deal with these things. There, there, you know, we have to work, but we got to keep in mind what's most important. Is our soul most important? Is coming and being faithful to, to Jesus more important? Coming to the house of the Lord, working for Him, doing His will. And when these things happen, the greatest testimony that we can ever have and give and share with somebody else is how we don't know how in the world it came. We don't know where it came from, but we know, praise the name of the Lord, that He took care of it. We didn't try to take care of it ourselves. He made a miracle happen. Just He made a miracle happen. Praise the name of the Lord. Just, just like that song says, uh, God will make a way when there is no way. I know God will make a way for me. God will make a way for your situation. I don't care if it is something as simple as a kitchen sink. He will take care of it. He will put somebody in your path or somebody that can help you and give you a discount. We don't have to stress and worry over these things. We just have to trust and lean on Him. When we overwork ourselves trying to manage it all, all we do is take Jesus' ability uh, to take care of it out of, out of it. We, we take His ability out of it all when we try to handle it ourselves. When we try to put ourselves in place of what He can do for us, we ain't going to have that testimony. We need to let Jesus do His work. We need to follow Him and let Him guide and direct us. He will be faithful and true to us for us being faithful and true to Him. Amen? If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. Like I said, God will make a way when there seemeth to be no way. I, and for many years, I used work as an excuse for me. I, I thought I could uh, use this without getting choked up on you. I'm going to try. I try. For many years, I used work as an excuse for me, staying out of church. I worked um, many hours not trying to have everything under the sun. It just so happens that, excuse me, I'm trying. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. When you're uh, when you're a CDL holder and you work for a freight company, quite frankly, the honest truth of the matter is, you got to be willing to give your life away, <laughs> hours-wise working. When I first started driving a truck, you could work a maximum of uh, sixty hours a week, as many as fifteen hours a day. And if you worked fifteen hours in four days, you got your sixty in. Well, you had Friday off, but by the time Friday come, you're so doggone tired, you didn't care if you. <laughs> Really had it off. It then changed the hours of service, went to 70 hours a week, 14 hours a day, which is what we're still currently under. So 14 hours a day is still a long day with 11 hours of maximum of driving. You're not allowed to go over that, and there are a couple of exceptions. Uh, but, you know, 11 hours of driving, 14 hours total a day is still a very long time. And for years, I, I just, when I got, would get home on Saturday, I'd be so tired to lay down and take a nap. Time I, get, uh, time I get up, you know, and you feel like the day is gone, and you want to spend time with your fa- family, and it's so hard. Excuse me. Y'all forgive me. I'm trying my best not to choke up. I don't want y'all choking up on me. <laughs> Keep a straight face. Uh, but for a year, I'm just pointing out, you put work in front, and you'll let that be an excuse to keep you out of church. You'll let that be an excuse uh, to, not, to not go and follow Jesus. 
So when I finally had that experience that, that Sunday where I know that Jesus was calling me and I know that I know that I know that I did not want to reject him for that time, he could have woken me up some kind of way if I would have walked out that door and rejected him. And I thank the Lord today that I did not reject him and I didn't walk out because I didn't want a wake-up call that, that this fleshly body didn't want. He could have gained, I know there's a, a lot of people that has been given wake-up calls in their jobs because they work so much. And I thank the Lord that I never had to experience that on my job because I see truck accidents day after day after day. And y'all do too. I know y'all see it. You hear about it. And I don't want to experience that. I don't want to put nobody's family through that. I don't want to put mine through that. So I thank the Lord that through all those times that I put all them hours in, that he said, seems fit to take care of me and protect me and guide me. And I don't say, I don't say that I talk about the hours that I work as like braggadocious or anything like that. That just, Brother Kyle knows, that just happens to be the nature of the beast. Daddy knows that just happens to be the nature of the beast when you're in, in that position. So, but you can, work can be an excuse to keep you away from the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. We go on, so I'm going to have to. I, everybody's going to need a box of tissue if I don't. I'm talking about myself. Verse 20. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. This is the third excuse that we come to, the family man's excuse. He uses his wife as an excuse. And in the law of Moses, in the Old Testament, in a, under the law of Moses, men could ask for exemption from military service if he had built a house not yet dedicated, planted a vineyard not yet eaten of it, or engaged to marry, betrothed to a woman, he may, because he may die in battle and someone else may take over all. So this was a third uh, excuse that Jesus gave in this parable. And I think that Jesus may have used this, this man's excuse in this manner because of the, of the uh, time that people would have understood Moses' law a whole lot better back then. They would have known exactly what he was talking about. So in, in relation to uh, today, today's time, I was thinking about how uh, excuses and how jury duty that I've had. I've had jury duty three times. Uh, when I was younger, and uh, on three different times, so you ha each time you have to go in, and you're give you're sitting there in a the courtroom about I don't know 200, 250 people seemed like it was a lot. It's a lot in Wilson County, and, and they set up these big ju jury pools of about, I th if I remember right, I think it were six or seven different uh, jurors in groups of the 13, 12 jurors, one alternate, or it's two alternates. And so they had six or seven different pools. Well, when the whole, without boring y'all with all the details, when the process first begins, anybody else had jury duty by chance? So y'all know you're given the uh, opportunity by the judge to make excuses about why you cannot uh, perform your jury duty. And when this family man's excuse come about that I read here, that's what I thought about is you can go up there to the judge and give an excuse of it's a hardship on your family to be able to perform that jury duty, and the judge will allow you to uh, be dismissed from that. And it can be other reasons as well, but I know that you can use that excuse for, uh, to uh, get out of jury duty as claiming it's a hardship on your family. Now, I went ahead and did mine three different times because I used this as an excuse to get out of work. <laughs> and um, 
There's a lot of people, they don't want no part of jury duty. They don't want no part of being a part of it. But I was young enough uh, back then uh, that I didn't mind getting out of work. And uh, it, to me, it was interesting. It, it enlightened me on, on a lot of uh, judicial matters that I may not have learned about otherwise. So um, I didn't mind it. I, thought, I found it very interesting, to be honest with you. Um, but so I went ahead and did it. I didn't give any excuses. I went ahead and went ahead and pulled my civic duty like that. But that's one of them deals where you can uh, give an excuse to try to get it and to get out of work. All the invited guests that we read about here act as if the invitation was burdensome. However, Jesus drew a clear picture of what rejection would mean. They too will be rejected. And that is what we all face in, in all of society today, all over this whole world. If we reject Jesus, we too will be rejected. As we go and read on in verse 21, So that servant came and reported these things to his master. As we just read, all the three different excuses about no one wanted to come to the supper. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and to compel them to come in that in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Now this shows how the, uh, how the master of the house became very upset and agitated because none of the guests that he invited wanted to participate, wanted to come. So that made him ag angry and agitated enough that he said, go fill the house, go fill a house with anyone you can in the highways and byways, all the maimed, all the, all, all the, uh, uh, the poor, anybody you can find to fill the seats of the table because these others who have rejected me, they will not take part. They will not take part in it at all. And that is what in, in itself Jesus is saying here. I think it's so ironic that Jesus says, For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. One day there will be a marriage supper of the Lamb that takes place. That's what's ironic about this verse here. One day there will be that marriage. And it's going to be to all those who have, who have not rejected, who have not given excuse, who have fallen after Him. And Jesus has already given the Gentiles uh, that ability to be uh, welcomed in because he was rejected once before by the Jewish people. They did not believe him to be the Messiah. As hard as he tried to convince them to believe that he was the Son of God sent down from heaven, they did not receive it, did not accept it. They rejected him. And today that is what so many people face. If we reject Jesus, you can, you can, uh, uh, you can face not being at that marriage Lamb's Supper. I don't want nobody else to take my seat. Do you? I don't want nobody else to fill my seat. I want to be there. I want to be in my place. So because of that, just like the last song that Kessie had sang during worship, where she where she uh, taught in, in a praise, it, it, it just all the words just slipped my mind. But the last one, it said, talking about want to be ready on time, wanted to uh, keep, stay ready, keep ready. That's what I want to do. I want to be ready. I want to be ready to meet the Lord. I want to serve after Him. I want to follow after Him. Whatever He had me to do and be, that's what I want to be. I don't want to reject Him no more. I don't want to give no more excuses. I don't want to give no more empty promises. I want Him to be pleased and satisfied with me. I praise the name of the Lord. Pastor, you can come on back up and get a song ready. Praise the name of the Lord, yes. 
this morning, maybe you or someone here has felt like you've given way too many excuses and you don't want to give any excuses anymore and you want to, and you want to come and talk with Jesus, that's uh, perfectly all right this morning. We're here to pray with you uh, if that is your desire or if you have a sickness or anything that you can come and get prayer this morning. But let's not reject Jesus anymore. Let's not give all these in- empty excuses that, uh, that we read about today. We want to make Jesus happy. He is so good to us and we want to be good to Him and not reject him. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's all stand, please. That was a powerful message this morning. There's so many people guilty of making excuses. Oh, Lord. I don't know about you, but I'm glad you just didn't make an excuse to not walk that hill to Calvary. If anybody wants prayer, if you want to tell God you're sorry for some excuse you made in the past, the altar's open right now. Well, I got up on Sunday morning, went to church at 10. I listened to the Word. And time again The preacher Spoke of sinful lives And it seemed He spoke of mine But I was young 